Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What is going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. A special episode today for numerous reasons. Um, As you may see, if you are watching behind me, I'm actually in the podcast studio that we normally record in for the first time in like 16 months. So that is cool. (laughs) The world is bouncing back. Um, The thing is, the reason Steve Buchanan is not sitting side by side with me, my co-host, is because it's not up and running yet. But it will be soon. He's literally on like the other side of this wall in our yes. other studio. And uh, we are we are on Zoom as we have been for the past uh, 16 months or whatever it's been. So we're moving in the right direction. The other reason we have a special episode today is uh, courtesy of our good friends over at VSIN, our guest, the host of Follow the Money, one of the elite gambling shows, sports betting shows in the industry, I will say. Big fan. Mitch Moss is with us today. How you doing, man? Well, you're too nice, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Of course. Um, we we get it out here in Boston on, yep. on Nesson. So, uh, you know, I'm always doing doing some work in the morning, throw you guys on and uh, really enjoy it. I think it's, uh, you know, a, a very unique show of its kind to be able to to go that long on on sports betting and cover so many topics on a, a daily basis. Oh, thank you. It's a it's a fun show. Obviously, it's a uh... You know, we, we like to have fun on the show as well. So we, we spend plenty, plenty of time, obviously, talking about sports betting, sprinkling in, you know, some off humor kind of like topics once in a while as well. But I think you kind of need that that to stay sane like three hours every single day, you know? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, we'll try and continue the trend of, of having a little bit of fun here to start off and play a game that we've been playing with our guests recently called know you better so obviously you are you know an experienced sports better guy out in vegas um with some experience here so we'll start off on on a high note i don't care if this is your your biggest money win or something that you hit at plus ten thousand that you had two dollars on what is just your your favorite win in your sports betting career it has to be now this is coming up on it is actually the 15 year anniversary of uh, i won a football contest out here with my uh, betting partner at the time in 2006, it was called the last man standing. And, you know, we have so many contests now um, out here in Las Vegas, obviously DraftKings has incredible contests during the football season as well. So they're becoming more popular now that obviously legalized sports betting is in so many States, which is great. Um, Back then uh, really didn't have too many. That was one of them. And it was a unique contest. And so you pick one game every week against the spread and every game comes with 
the hook. So the, there are no pushes whatsoever. Either you win and you advance or you lose and then that's it. And the way it works is you can get uh, up to five entries. If you buy four of them, they give you the fifth one for free, or you can buy one, two, three, whatever, how many you want up to uh, at five. And so in 2006, um, I think less, I want to say it was fewer than a thousand people were in it. And uh, my buddy and I actually won that in week nine. And so just, and it was four, we split like, you know, a little bit more than 17,000. Back then it was you know, really, really cool. Hell, I'd take that today, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, but just to kind of have that, that's going to, you know, and I, that, that's by far the most success I've ever had in a betting contest before. But to actually say that we won one of those out here in Las Vegas is something that I can, you know, kind of like have on the resume, so to speak, forever. And that's, that's a pretty cool thing. For sure. That's awesome. And no, 17 grand today, that is still something. So, yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would no, much, it is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would very much like to win one of those as well. Me too. Um, all right. We got to flip the script here. Um, sports bettors, we can come up with these every morning. We can tell you our worst bad beat from the night before. But what is the one that is just etched into your brain that you will never get over? It was actually a bad push. And this was in uh, so 2004. And many people know the game, right? Uh, it was. Final four, UConn and Duke. It was the Chris Duhon three-pointer yep. buzzer. But so leading up to that, I had probably still to this day, my best March Madness ever. I mean, the first couple of weeks where everything was going my way. I mean, I was getting lucky bounces and shots at the buzzer to go in to maybe go over a halftime total by a half a point or whatever. So I was really, really fortunate that year. And uh, going into that game, like immediately, as soon as we, we knew that that was going to be the matchup, um, I thought that that Duke was going to have an impossible time slowing down a Mecca Okafor. I thought he was going to destroy that team down low. The only thing that could hurt my chances, I thought, was if uh, Okafor got into foul trouble. So anyway, I'll get to that in a second. But I, I basically, uh, I didn't put all of my winnings in the first couple of weeks, but I took a large chunk and I put it on and I made the mistake. It was UConn one and a half for the game. I bought it down to one. I should have just done UConn money line. But instead of that, because I told myself at the time, I'm like, hmm, what are the chances going to really land on one? Uh, so I'll just, I'll be safe is what I said. And I'll buy it down from one and a half to one instead of doing the money line. And I think I, it was at the time I, I only had to pay 10 cents for it. So it was $1.20 is what I laid. But the money line was like minus 130 or right in that neighborhood, obviously. So I could have just paid the extra 10 cents and done money line. Well, and then as for those who don't remember, um, the game starts off where Okafor gets into foul trouble, like right, right out of the gates. And so Duke dominates like 30 minutes, the middle portion of the game. And they're incredible. Right. And they had to lead the entire time. Then Okafor, like Calhoun sat Okafor for a lot of that game. He comes back in the second half and it's the game goes exactly how I thought it was going to go in my head. He comes back, he punishes Duke down low. He's phenomenal. They come roaring back. They take the lead. He goes to the free throw line late hit some free throws, they go up by four, and I'm celebrating like, this is incredible. <laughs> There's not enough time on the clock. Like Duke's gonna, they're not gonna get hit a three at the buzzer and you know push this game. And I honestly, at this point, after two hours of this, I had a migraine because of the pressure and the stress. And I'm young, I was like 25, 26 or whatever. And I had the biggest bet of my life at the time on this game, right? And so I'm kind of like finally exhaling at this point, like, hey, I have a winner, this is really cool. And then, you know, two seconds left, they get it to Duhon, he crosses half court, 
And so he goes up. It's off one foot, by the way. Off one foot, there's a defender coming at him. He like duck, ducks like this, goes up and under, kind of a double pump, puts it up with one hand from 35 feet off the glass and in. And so I'm sitting there just like, what just happened? And my mouth is on the floor. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I let out some other words than that, obviously. And I'm just like, I was speechless for like, after that, for like five minutes, like, how, what, why? And so, but I, I didn't lose, but I pushed on a dumb bet that I made. I could have done money line. I would have been safer, obviously. But that, that to me is, it's now been 17 plus years. I'll never forget about that. A push, well, can, I mean, be, a push can be worse than a loss. Like yeah. by far, like, and this is a perfect example of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely qualifies. I mean, judging by your description there, yes, you will not, uh, you will not forget this one because you still remember, remember it all. Yeah. But I don't, if I, if there's a silver lining, I guess maybe, you know, as a young better, there's your, your, uh, you know, moment that you're realizing if you're betting the like one and a half spreads, maybe just to look at the, look at the money line. Look at the money line. Take a peek next time. Can you give that a, a more consideration or, you know, you can split up bets. I mean, if you want like yep. betting baseball, you can maybe bet half a unit on the first five in for the full game because if you don't want to take a chance with the bullpen, that kind of thing. So, oh yeah, learn, learn plenty over the years since then. Um, all right. So getting into, I know you guys on, on follow the money cover all types of trends throughout all kinds of sports. What is your favorite trend to kind of either keep track of or to just kind of, I don't want to say blindly tail because you're, you're, you're researching it. You're betting on a trend, but what's your favorite trend to bet on? I guess. Well, it goes back to it's, it's so and here's to your point, right? You can't just blindly bet this stuff, uh, year after year after year, a couple of years ago, kind of caught on to this uh, totals in the first period in the NHL where some teams in the league were at the time, if you were betting a blind, you were killing it because the Blackhawks, but when I caught wind of it, the Blackhawks went over one and a half goals for 15 consecutive games. And that turned into like a 17 game streak. And then later on that year, Tampa Bay uh, hit it 18 consecutive games where they went over a goal and a half. And so eventually we were calling it, the name of our show is Follow the Money. As you said, we were calling it the Follow the Money Five because there were five teams that were hitting at well above 70% into the 80% range. And it, like books didn't catch on to this yet. It wasn't really like a popular thing because the the total, like the juice was still ma- certainly manageable and not where it worked out to the percentages, right? So it was like you're laying a dollar fifteen or a dollar twenty or dollar twenty-five. It didn't really matter who was playing, but eventually, as we talked about it more and they kept coming in and five or six teams got up to that level. And especially, by the way, when those five or six teams played each other, it was going over at 90 plus percent on the season, which was just silly. Um, So eventually it caught on to the point of where these teams, they would open up like, let's say, day of over a goal and a half in the Tampa Bay game might be a dollar 45 or a dollar 60 within two hours, it would go to minus 230 or minus 245 or books eventually wow. moved it to two goals in the first period. And so, you know, at the time when these game totals were priced at six juice to the over or six and a half, like the math was not really making much sense because if you're going to go over six and a half with a juice or six and a half, yet these, the, the period bets are one and a half, like over a dollar, $20, 25, and they kept coming in over and over and over again, three periods. If you do that breakdown by each period, that's four and a half with some juice, obviously. And so anyway, b- back then it was just like, uh, it was a treasure trove 
because they kept coming in. But that was 2019. Last year during the pandemic, it cooled off a little bit. Certainly this year, it never really took off to where it was. But that was in the last couple of years, that was definitely the best trendy bet that made a lot of sense. All right. Flip side again on this one. What is a trend that people will point to and say that that's why I'm backing it that you just say this doesn't make sense. I don't know why. I don't know why people use this. Uh, there's um, a lot of stuff, I think, in the football world. You know, you'll hear uh, um, primetime games a lot. But actually, you know, cer- certain guys have been really good in primetime spots. I think the Seahawks come to mind. Um like they're, they're Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have been unbelievable in primetime games. So you got to back them. Well, does that really make that much sense? I mean, they're on national TV and they're on the spotlight. So they're covering all these games. Uh, they've been great at it, but I don't think that really has anything to do with much. Um, when you hear about a, uh, there's one in baseball right now to start the season where I think it was the final game of a series, the nationals, I think to the under were amazing, but what does that really mean? You know, you'll hear people will break down like this team is so good, like on Thursdays or on Sundays, getaway day. To, to me, I just so I don't, I can't, I'm not a big, yeah, I'm not going to go that far and say that that really means much. You know, you know what I'm saying, guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't, the day of the week thing, the yeah. Thursday night football. Well, I'll say like a short week in football, that's different. But like yeah. the, the day, the day, the time, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm into all that. Uh, the same um, thing, real quick, same thing too with like, oh, you know, this pitcher has done well against the Astros in the past. I don't care what he did against them against the past because it's not the same team. Like to me, that's so irrelevant just because he did well against the Jersey, which is basically what it is. I, I, I cannot back stats that are like two, three years old against former teams. I'm totally with you. No, that, that. That, that's, that's really a great one. It really is because, you know, guys who've been around the league for a long time, maybe they, they dominated like a rival you know, or, or somebody in a certain league five, six, seven years ago, but the, the current roster is made up of players who were never on those teams. So it's yep. like, I, what kind of stock do you really have to put into that thing? Right. Yep. Totally. Yep. All right. We're going to end on this one for know you better. This is a, a more overarching one, just your best advice for, you know, new sports betters getting into this. Uh, well, there's a lot, certainly I would say, uh, well, money management obviously comes to mind, you know, don't, don't force bets. Don't, if you're having a bad day at the office on a Saturday or whatever, you know, don't double down on a game that you don't really have a strong opinion on or a good edge, you know, don't just because you're losing, it's like blackjack, right? All of a sudden, if you're down big, you want to start betting, let's say you're betting 25 bucks a hand and you're losing, 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 you know, over and over and over again, you just want to start playing 200, 300 bucks a hand. You could get absolutely killed that way. Uh, I would say, though, have, have as many outs as possible, if that's okay for me to say on this podcast. But, I mean, it's, you know, that's 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 a big one, you know. I mean, um, in my opinion, you got to have a lot of spots where you can check out and examine different numbers. All right, so let's talk about some of the current stuff that's going on here. Let's move over to the NBA Finals. Obviously, we're looking at Game 2 tonight. The Suns took a one nothing lead in the series in that one. The biggest news about that one, of course, was Giannis moving from doubtful, probably not going to play, to ended up playing, ends up playing 35 minutes, records a double-double. Pretty typical of Giannis here. And I believe, Julian, you can back me up on this. I believe once the news that Giannis came out, we saw about a two-point spread movement on that in the Bucks' favor once that Giannis was uh, uh, confirmed to play in this game, obviously the Bucks didn't end up covering. They lost one eighteen to one oh five. So, Mitch, what are your kind of your thoughts here uh, about tonight, and even kind of the rest of the series here? The Suns have been one of the best home teams in the league, uh, even during the regular season. This has been a spot where they've dominated. But obviously, with Giannis in here, 
you know, it, it changes the whole the landscape of, of the Bucks. So Suns are favored by four and a half tonight. What are your thoughts on tonight? And then got, I'm kind of moving forward. Yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if the Bucks come out in the first quarter, of the first half, and you know, uh, make make the, the proper adjustments that killed them in the first game. Yeah, and you know, they have the lead, or they're very close to the Suns at the end of the first quarter in the first half. Uh, certainly, I think we can all agree that the team has to have Giannis to win this series, right? I mean, if they don't, if Giannis would go down with an injury, or that you know, he would be, you know, something would come up again with that with the knee. Uh, I don't, I don't like the Bucks chances, and in fact, it might be a four-game sweep or a five-game series that way. But I think. You know, I don't love Boonholzer. Uh, Monty Williams had a hell of a season this year. Um, arguably was the coach of the year. He didn't win. He had a great uh, argument for it, though, obviously. So I think Monty Williams has the coaching edge. I will give Boonholzer the benefit of the doubt coming out of the gates tonight to make those adjustments. But then how will the game play out after that? Um, I Look, I thought Giannis, and this probably is based on the expectations that I had for him, I did not expect him to look great or – had looked normal, I should say. And he kind of did. And so that was pretty promising. Uh, I mean, that defensive block that he had kind of tells you all, all you need to know about where he's at, I think, percentage-wise. But my, my biggest question is, if the big three don't step up for this team at the same time, and they, they really, like Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton, it's not like they have great games all at, all at the same time or at the same night, which is they, they just can't all put it together. So if two of the three can play really well tonight and have big games, I still think they're going to need somebody off the bench to have a big game. And look, I thought Bobby Portis, I thought the hot, it was all about matchups, right? I thought Bobby Portis, I was like screaming on the air for him to get more minutes early on in that series. I thought there was a spot for him against the Hawks and he played really well. Not so sure. Like if there's a great spot for him against the Suns with matchups, but I would like, if he doesn't give the bucks much off the bench, then where is it going to be coming from? Because like, I don't, I don't really trust anybody other than Portis in terms of overall depth. And PJ Tucker's not going to give you many points. He's out there to, to defend. And you know, Lopez had great moments against the Hawks. What does he look like? I have big, big questions about him. And on the flip side, I think we can rely on the backcourt for the Suns to show up every single night. I mean, Booker scored a ton of points in Game One, and he didn't shoot well. And I, I like. Paul's having an unbelievable run. Um, I think Aiton can play, you know, he can have, I don't know, if, you know, 19 rebounds is a big ask every single game, obviously. But I think Aiton can look really good for the most part um, in every game of this series. And then, like, I trust the Suns others more, like the guys off the bench, Payne and Johnson. I just trust them more than I do the guys for the Bucks. So I think early on, Bucks maybe first quarter, first half would be worth a feel. Full game, I can't quite get there. And then I would actually be on the Bucks. If they got back, you know, down 0-2, uh, game three would be on them probably in that game to come back maybe win that game if Giannis looks really good tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on most most everything you said. The the Bucks depth thing is what gets me because so if they want to play smaller and they transition to you know Lopez was getting burned in those pick and rolls with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yep. He winds up playing only 23 minutes and you're gonna go smaller and that wound up like. The Bucks played well in game one. Holiday didn't. Giannis was yep. fair. But like you said, I point to they started the play running that alley-oop for him. And you look at the chase down block. Like, his health is much higher than we see, you know, Anthony Davis come back and get hurt. We watched Harden limping around. We watched Trey Young limping around. I thought that was going to be the case here, and, and it yep. wasn't. So, like, a lot is going for the Bucks. Bryn Forbes, two of four from three off the bench. Pat Connington, two of four from three off the bench. And they lose that game by 13, 
with Jake Router not making a shot. Devin Booker, one of eight from deep. Like, I keep looking at this and being like, uh, the, could the Bucks bounce back? Sure, but they played pretty well, and I think the Suns can even play better than they played in game one. The the Aiton matchup is real. There's nobody to nobody to cover there. So I, I'm having a hard time getting off the Suns in, in game two. Um, and just some of the matchups you talked about, points of player props for me, like the Aiton 29, uh, 29 and a half points, rebounds, assists. It feels like he's going to be in a good spot again. Lopez, I bet the Brook Lopez points under 15 and a half in game one when Giannis was ruled in. Yeah. It dropped down to 13 and a half, and he only played 23 minutes. If you told me all those things, I would be like, this is a multi-unit bet. Yeah. And he goes three of five from three and scores 17 points in his 23 <laughs> minutes. I still think Lopez unders on the 13 and a half number for points or, or 19 and a half points, rebounds, assists, however you want to do it. I think his role is going to diminish uh, in this series. Yep, I'm with you on that. I think Lopez under is a good angle on that for sure. Um, but what you were talking about too, I mean, um, if Holiday doesn't go over his like point proper, his points and assists, whatever tonight, I just I don't think the Bucks. He has to. He's got to play better than this. They gave up a lot for him, a lot of depth, yeah. and that's what they're hurting on the bench, obviously. And so, in terms of the overall adjustments, I would not rush out to bet. Chris Paul's points over tonight. Guy's been awesome. He scored a ton of points in game one, but I think that's where the adjustments come from. And I think the Bucks will neutralize him scoring, but I think where he picks up tonight will be dishing out assists. So I think earlier this morning when I was taking a peek at it, I DraftKings that the points, or I'm sorry, the assist prop was eight and a half, juice to the over. I won't be surprised if he dishes out 10, 11, 12 assists tonight. Um, and I think uh, his double-double number was plus 130. I think he'll get yep. to 15, 16 points, but I think I think he's going to be more of the facilitator role tonight, and uh, that's what I think that's what's going to burn the Bucks. So this is this is maybe real quick, like we were just talking, splitting up bets. Maybe you want to go some on the over eight and a half assists. Maybe you want to go some on the double double to be safe there, yep. because if he's going to get the ten assists, you're probably going to bet the the plus one thirty, plus one thirty five double double there, and just say he's going to get there with points. Yep. That's the way I would approach it for sure. Yeah. I, by, by the way, I'm with you on that. I mean, what you said about maybe liking this, you have a tough time getting off the Suns in game two. That's I, I can't find myself. I'm looking right now. Like, I, I don't imagine myself being on the bucks for the full game. That's why I was telling you, I'd like, I'd look at the bucks only for the first quarter or first half. So real quick, I just want to talk about the series line in this one too. Obviously the Suns are a huge favorites here, minus 295, but you can get the bucks at plus 235 for the series. And I think it's pretty, a, a pretty big consensus that we all think the Suns are going to win this year. But if the Bucks can even up this series, then they head home. They played well, very well at home. The Suns have been a very good road team too as well. But with how well Giannis looked in game one, if we can continue to see that, is there still value here in taking the Bucks at plus 235? I don't think it's a bad number. I mean, and I think if you were going to bet the Bucks going into the series, right, you had to wait until – game one is over with because of the unknown with Giannis and how he was going to look, knowing that, hey, they can easily, by the way, the Bucks history, like if you go back to not only last year during the bubble, but the year before that, they've been awful in game ones. And people forget mm -hmm. that like three years ago, when they, they were one of the biggest first round favorites I can ever recall. That was against Orlando, not last year in the bubble, but I think it was, they lost by 12 at home in game one. Uh, the series against the Celtics in 2019, they got blown out. I think they lost by 22, if I recall correctly, in game one. They came back and won the next four games of that series. So they have typically been a bad 
uh, game one team. If you, I mean, the Nets series, the Hawks series at home, they lost. So it's like a thing for this team. They come back and they bounce back to win these series. So I'm not freaking out quite yet. In fact, I'm not going to, I do like the Suns in the series, but even if they win tonight, I'm not going to tell you that the, the Bucks are completely out of it because what happened? Well, the Suns, they did their job at home. And, you know, as we know, going back many years now in the NBA, things get a little bit different when the series shifts and it moves from one location to the next. I wonder what that number would be if the Suns win tonight for the Bucks to come back and win the series then. Um, because I'm not going to, even though, I mean, the Bucks did play well and they outscored the Suns by 15 points from downtown in that game and they lost by 13. Um, I, I'm not going to rule them out yet, especially with how Giannis looked in game one. I mean, Milwaukee will remember Milwaukee was down two to nothing to Brooklyn and won that series. Now the Kyrie ankle injury played a big role, but I mean, who's to say Devin Booker doesn't roll an ankle and the same thing can happen. So sure. it's been that kind of postseason for sure. Um, last thing real quick on, on NBA. This has been a really popular bet recently that I've seen everywhere on Twitter, on all types of shows, the Chris Paul MVP bet. Um, this is one I will, I will pump myself up for one second. My June 14th <coughs> DraftKings playbook article, I said at the time, DraftKings had Devin Booker priced above Chris Paul in the NBA Finals MVP. Booker was plus 750. Chris Paul was plus 1,200. I wrote up, that is ridiculous. Chris Paul was fifth in the NBA in MVP voting. If you think the Suns are going to get there, you're taking Chris Paul plus 1,200. Um, and now here we are, and we finally get to the finals, and Chris Paul becomes – thank you, Steve. I deserve that clap. Um, <laughs> we get here, and Chris Paul becomes the favorite. Plus 160-ish, 170-ish before game one. Now they get a win. Chris Paul, probably the best player on the floor. Maybe it was Aiton, but I think the narrative-wise, people will go Chris Paul there. Now we're looking at, like, minus 143 on Chris Paul. And I'm still sitting here telling people, it's not too late. If you like the Suns at over minus 300, it's going to be Chris Paul's award. You can, you know, do you feel good about the kind of value you're getting now? No. But is it a better bet than the Suns to win the series at all that juice? Probably. Your thoughts on the Chris Paul MVP situation or the overall MVP situation? If you got I, would, I would think certainly that if you're looking to, you know, if you love the Suns to win the series, that's one way to approach it is to lay, would you say $1.43 updated? I think it's $1.43 right now, Andrea. Yeah, I mean, certainly that's the way. Rather than laying more than $3 to win the series, sure. That was because it's all, I try to tell people this all the time, right? And, and by the way, the Booker, again, he didn't shoot well, but he had, what was it, 28 points in game one? Eight yeah. had awesome numbers and he played an exceedingly well game. Um, th this, uh, I tell people all the time, forget about what you think about the awards, right? You can't, it doesn't matter if you think, I'll give you an example, um, the National League MVP to tie it in. It doesn't matter if you think a pitcher should never win the award. You have to think what voters will think about that, right? Um, and that's the way it breaks down with the MVP vote here. If you, like the Suns win this series in five or six games and Paul still, if he plays at this level, forget about it. Nobody else has a chance. But even if he dials it back a little bit and other guys step up, this is his first finals appearance ever. Like the media, they vote on this stuff, not betters or fans. So the media, they love narratives and storylines. I can't, I mean, Booker and Aiden could play out of their minds. And I still have a tough time thinking that voters will give it to anybody else other than Chris Paul. You know, I mean, right. That's the way it works with this stuff. Um, another example would have been the coach of the year in the NBA. I thought it was a great race between Thibodeau and Monty Williams. But the whole thought was, well, the Knicks have been terrible for a long time. Um, that it's a such a huge 
team and a popular team in that city. And by the way, a lot of the media is based back in New York and around that area. They love that whole storyline. They couldn't get enough of it. And Thibodeau won the award over Monty Williams. So that'd be my advice when it comes to betting awards. All right, let's switch over to MLB. It's been the hot topic for quite a few weeks now. And, you know, unfortunately, the DraftKings Sportsbook doesn't have any home run derby markets up yet, so we won't get too much into that. Um, I want to get into this whole thing with, with the pitchers, Mitch, and obviously this has been the story now for a couple of weeks. You know, Garrett Cole has unfortunately been the cover boy of this because of how drastically his numbers have dropped. Uh, his strikeout numbers have been down. He's been giving up a lot of hard, hard contact. Tyler Glasnow was very adamant about talking about how since the, the sticky stuff is gone, that's how he got hurt. That's how he injured his UCL, which is unfortunate because he could have been a legitimate Cy Young contender if everything was going right. I want to get your opinion on the overs hitting a lot more often now since kind of this has been implemented because I feel like it's kind of a bit of odd timing too because we're getting into like the dog day of summer now. A lot, a lot more humidity, which is obviously yeah. more ideal for hitting. But if you look at the numbers from the past few weeks, which is really when they started implementing this whole this whole new rule, which is on June 21st, as of last week, the over has been hitting almost 4% more over the season total. It's been about a 50-50 split all season long. But the past couple of weeks, we've been seeing the over hit 54% of the time, 53% of the time. Do you think that the timing – is just convenient or do you really think that this whole substance thing is really hitting, you know, allowing the overs to hit more and we should be looking at the overs more? It's a great question. Um, I think it's all tied in together. You brought up the heat across the country. I think that absolutely. I mean, typically that happens in baseball during the summertime when it's warmer outside, high humidity in a lot of these spots. Well, you see a little bit, you know, an uptick in higher scoring games that tied in with the timing. I think certainly uh, the timing of the, the sticky stuff has something to do with this. You can't, I mean, changing the rules halfway through the season uh, for one specific position, that's a little bizarre to me. I, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> and now all of a sudden you tell these guys that they've been, they gotten so, they've gotten so used to it. And all of a sudden I can't, right. the Glasgow thing's a perfect example. And I have him on multiple tickets to win the Cy Young. And I bet oh, him at 35 no. to one. <laughs> I am at 35 to one to have the most strikeouts this year. And he's, he was right in the mix for all of that stuff, right? And he, yep. his I thought his press conference was great. But he's just like, look how big Fantastic. my hands are. His hands are like up to here. Like, yep. I can't I can't grip the baseball. I mean, and all of a sudden my muscles hurt in places I didn't even know where muscles existed, that kind of thing. So, I I, I mean, Garrett Cole is a great example. Um, you know, Trevor Bauer's numbers until recently with what happened to him. I mean, the numbers, the spin rates were way down. Now, Corbin Burns was awesome yesterday against the Mets. Didn't get the win, but he was very good. It's also the Mets lineup. But he, he wasn't the same pitcher that he was, you know, that we saw in the first, what, five, six weeks of the season. Right. You know, so I, I think it's a combination of all of this stuff where all of a sudden spin, the velocity can still be there. But if the spin rates down, some of these pitchers who were linked to it, their numbers, you can't you can't lie. Numbers won't lie. Right. So there's definitely an impact here. And it, it also kind of ties into the futures market for MLB, too, because on DraftKings Sportsbook, for whatever reason, Garrett Cole is still the favorite to win the Cy Young. I don't know how that is still possible, but it is. But I think it's a great opportunity to look at this market. But because Garrett Cole is a minus 130 favorite, you are getting an incredible number on the rest of the field. Second in line, Carlos Rodon, plus 250. Lance Lynn, second, plus 55. Uh, And then Shane Bieber is really when it expands at 20 to 1. Is there anybody on the board that you see right now and you're like, if you're gonna, if there's an opportunity to pounce on somebody, it's going to be this. Because I, I, I can't say for sure, 
But if Cole goes out and has another bad start, mm-hmm. he can't be the favorite anymore. He's got to move the plus money soon. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I know he yeah. was minus 170 before his last start. Now he was minus 130. So obviously that number is falling. But right now, with because he's one of the favorites, you have to get somebody else at a better number because this market, especially after the All-Star break, I, in my opinion, is going to start shifting dramatically. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I, I wake up every day, I check the numbers, and still I look at my phone <laughs> and I'm like, what am I missing with Garrett Cole? Yeah. I just, I, you know, I don't get it. I also think that, you know, voters are going to hold this against him. I don't think they're going to forget yeah. about like this month's stretch. And maybe if it continues, he has no chance to win the award. But even if he kind of corrects it and he starts to get back to, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of what he used to be, I think this stretch has really dinged his chances a lot. I certainly would not bet Garrett Cole right now. And I, I don't have any, I have no shares of him whatsoever in any of this stuff. Um, Rodon and Lance Lynn can certainly win the award. Yeah. I would, I would try, and I've done this this week. I would try to look a little bit further down the board than that, because in theory, it should be kind of wide open with Cole struggles. You brought up Bieber, Glasnow, their injuries. I mean, I, 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 but here's the thing. I made the case earlier in the week at Chris Bassett and I recently grabbed him at 200 to one, but then, and since then he had a really good start, but then he came out against the Astros and we saw what happened. And there's no, there's no shame in having a bad start or getting lit up once in a while, but you know, that's something that you don't, as soon as you talk about it, all of a sudden he has a bad out and you're like, Oh yeah, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails. Another guy was Nathan Avaldi for the Red Sox. His, you know, his war was, I think, I think tied with Rodon for the best in the American league his overall, you know, peripherals, like the strikeouts per nine, I think overall case, I might come back to ding him a little bit, but he was coming on until his last start when he got dinged up a little bit as well. Um, so I would look a little bit further down the board than that, but you're right, guys. I mean, I think that this race is completely wide open at the top and I, I quite frankly want nothing to do with Garrett Cole. Yeah. I mean, it, so, it's crazy. It's crazy. Go ahead, Julie. Real quick, Steve. I, I think, cause we were just talking about betting awards before this in NBA and I'm a super casual uh, baseball better, Mitch. Steve's Steve's our MLB guy. I'm the NBA guy. I, I dabble in baseball casually. But what you just said, because th- that's all I can think about, is that if I'm a Cy Young voter and Garrett Cole starts to not be dominant, but like gets better the rest of the way, am I still going to use my vote on the guy that's like the face of this whole uh, right. sticky stuff movement and change. Like, it's just not a good look. Like, I don't think baseball wants him winning the award this year. Um, so it just feels like no matter what, not no matter what, that's a, that's a little extreme, but it feels like going in another direction with somebody who had a cleaner season um, yeah. would be the direction to go. And I mean, I looked at the board. I've seen, you know, everybody saying, how is Garrett Cole still laying juicy on Cy Young. And I looked at the board and I was like, wow, these are the next guys, the two, you know, White Sox guys. Um, so that to me, I I'm not going to pretend I have a name, but like you said, you just made a 200 to one play. Like, I think that's how you're betting the Cy Young <laughs> this year. Somebody that's going to finish strong that is out of it right now. I would, yeah. yeah. I look down the board, find somebody in between 30 and a hundred to one, whatever. And if they're out, it's not a good stretch right now and come up with other reasons. I, I like does I don't think playing on a first place team matters anymore to voters. I mean, King Felix had that what 13 and 12 season uh, eight or nine years ago where they finally realized that look, his numbers are too good to ignore. We've got to give him the award. Right. So I don't, and I think that also goes for the MVP. I mean, like 
how are how are people going to deny Otani? Are they going to look at the Angels and say, well, they're a third place team? I don't think that matters to voters anymore. I think Otani, what he's doing is something that nobody alive has ever seen before. So I don't I think it's going to be too much to ignore as long as he doesn't get hurt. Like that's going to be his award. I don't think you got to be best player or best pitcher on the best team. Um, all right, real quick before we move to NFL, I, we're talking Otani, and yeah, what he's doing right now, like, I, I don't even know. What is he, Steve, right now to win the, the MVP? Has he gotten over minus 200? Uh, it's minus 190. He's right there. Minus 190. Like, I feel like I would still take that. I would Like, I, the 30 to 1 or whatever he was before the season. The, there, there is no comp for Otani, who – here's my best uh, – Otani comparison. He's Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes also was playing like shutdown corner on defense <laughs> in the same game, like there's no comp. Um, so like minus minus one ninety if MVP for Otani. You're betting on him not getting hurt, in my opinion. After that's right, right that, that's, after that's what the we're whole seeing. gamble, right? That's that's the yep. entire gamble right now. Is that okay? Uh, if you bet him, is even though Vlad is, I love watching Vlad. And his numbers are incredible. I mean, Vlad, Vlad now that Otani's surpassing in home runs by like four, yep. I'm not going to say the home run title's not over with, obviously. A lot, a lot of baseball left. But if, if Vlad wins the triple crown, I don't, that doesn't matter. It, it doesn't mean anything when it comes to the MVP. Even if the Blue Jays, you know, finish in second place or they somehow come back and win the American League East, I just, I, you know, I read baseball voters and guys who write about this stuff all the time and they're just, they, they're speechless about Otani. I mean, right. there's people think that that's a shot against Vlad. It's not a shot. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having an incredible, and he's a blast, and he should be one of the faces of baseball with Otani and guys like Tatis. You can't, there's, you just, yeah, I love your analogy. Love your analogy. Imagine if Mahomes went out there and had seven interceptions playing cornerback or something like that. <laughs> that's it. That's right? really the comparison. It. You know, really if, if, if Mahomes, let's say it's like week 11. And Mahomes had 28 touchdown passes and four INTs and three sacks. He'd be it would be Mahomes against the field to win the MVP. You know, yep. Uh, be Mahomes I, minus two thousand against the yeah. field. I yep. just want to make one real quick point too, because Otani and Degrom are like the two favorites here. You're getting such good numbers on the rest of the field. So if you do think that the injury is a possibility, which it is, because Otani is doing something that nobody else has done. Yeah. Again, you're getting incredible numbers on some of these guys like Xander Bogarts at 40 to one. Um, you know, Jose Ramirez probably isn't in contention, but 50 to one for him, somebody having a good year. It's just something to look at too, as well. Yeah, the, the Red Sox players are certainly, I mean, you could, then you got to think about it though. Which Red Sox player do I bet on? Is it Devers? Right. Is it, uh, right. you know, is it yeah, exact Bogart, somebody else? Uh, Martinez, I know that dinged up a little bit, but he was putting up great numbers. So um, there, in theory, there is, you know, some value down the board if they get hurt. But again, that's what the gamble is, right? Yep. We're recording this on, on Thursday afternoon. We don't have home run derby odds. I promise I'm moving to NFL now. But Otani at Coors, huh. putting on a show. Baseball wants it. I want Otani. He'll probably be the favorite, but give me him. Um, uh, but it is. The field's so good. I mean, you can make the case is. for Gallo. You can make the case for Soto. Soto, uh, yep. Soto, I, I mean, Soto at Coors in a home run derby? Oh, yeah, please. You know? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right. I'm looking forward to Tuesday night. Um, okay. Real quick uh, NFL or college football talk before we get out of here. Um, you know, we're, we're getting towards it. I know it's weird. Like, you know, Stanley cup just finished uh, this week. We're in the middle of NBA finals. Usually we're, you know, more into the football grind than this new sports calendar that's been, been laid out in front of us. 
but we're getting there. Um, so any, it can be college football, it can be NFL, any future that's just really standing out to you, uh, you know, in early July here. Uh, I made my biggest win total bet ever in my entire life on the Raiders under eight. Oh, I have that. <laughs> I have that. Oh, you have under eight. I do. I do. Okay. I laid minus 130 on it out here. I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, the, the Raiders had a nice season last year. They were in the mix of the playoffs a little bit. I just, I look up and down that roster. I've done this for weeks. Like how do they get to nine wins? I just, I mean, is that my betting against like if Mahomes gets hurt, if Herbert gets hurt and you know, the chargers, like I just, I don't like their personnel at all. And I actually, I think Derek Carr, I think he gets a bet. I like Derek Carr. I think he is, I think calling him serviceable is kind of, uh, that that's some, that's actually a criticism on him. Uh, I don't mind him at all. He doesn't have a lot of weapons outside of Waller, the offensive line, a lot of guys left. Um, I actually didn't, I didn't mind the draft this year, but it's the other drafts from 2020, 2019, 2018, where they just, they whiffed on so many of their picks. And right now in 2021 is where you look at the second, third, fourth year guys. And you're thinking, okay, you need to step up and be, like an all league player or a guy that we can rely on or somebody that we look at with the numbers on pro football focus and some of the metrics and we're like, yeah, you don't stink. But in reality, a lot of them do. And so I just, I don't think that they're a nine win team and I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to pay the price on it. Uh, again, laying a dollar 30. So I like that one. I took some flyers uh, in the rookie of the year market. Um, Trey sermon for the Niners. I think uh, with, with Mostert, Mostert there, uh, I like him, by the way, but if he gets hurt, which he has an injury history, I think Sermon yep. steps right into that, and they have a great offensive line. I, but I fully admit that I'm super high in the 49ers this year. I expect them to have a major bounce back. So I actually have three guys now. I have him at 60-1. to 1. I have uh, Carter with the Jets at 90 or 100-1 to 1 to win the rookie of the year. And I'll be honest, I took uh, – I took Davis Mills quarterback with the Texans that could be, you know, obviously everybody expects him to be the worst team in football, but I grabbed him at 300 to one. And the thought process there is there's going to be no Watson, obviously the way it looks. And if something happens again to Tyrod Taylor, like there's a path for him for Mills to start a lot of games this year. And maybe, you know, they're high on him. Other teams are high on him. Um, If he's better than anybody expects and he's a starting quarterback in the league for a lot of the season, I'll take a shot on that at 300 to one. So I don't mind that bet at all. I like that you brought up the Raiders thing about that offensive line too. He was so well protected last year. It is not going to be like that this year. And that is going to make, I think such a big difference and no, I don't think it's being talked about enough. So when you say that this is a team that might struggle to win eight games, I am totally with you here because you know, that was such a strength of the Raiders. And I don't think that people really realize that enough. And I think that's going to come into play with the lack of receivers anyways. That is going to make such a big difference for them. That's a huge, huge difference. Yep, you're right. I, I think – no, go, go ahead. ahead, Mitch. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think you're right because when I hear people talking about the Raiders, and now I obviously live in a Raiders town, it's never – like people all of a sudden have forgotten about the offensive line and how many guys left. Like that's kind of a big deal. I mean, you need, <laughs> need that protection. And I actually – now that we're getting closer to the whole fantasy world – I am uh, learning that a lot of fantasy guys I respect, they are way down on Josh Jacobs this year. Like they don't like yep. him going into 2021 at all. And so, you know, if he, and I know they addressed it, they brought in Kenyon Drake, um, but 
the receivers, I think we, I don't, I did not like the draft pick at Henry Ruggs. You're, I think you're expecting him to have a major leap this year. I don't really see that. Yeah, he's super fast, but other than that, not in love with him. It's just now Waller is a night. He's a matchup nightmare. And how do how do you not love Darren Waller? Obviously, but if you can somehow, you know, figure out a way to slow him down or neutralize him, I don't like the offense at all. Uh, Jacobs wasn't I'm catching enough. Glad. Sorry, Jacob wasn't catching enough with a good offensive line. He's not going to be catching with a bad offensive line. No. I'm I'm just thrilled that you guys are just you know making some sense here on the Raiders under. I got the under eight at minus one thirty five, so I went okay. a little bit more. A little bit more juice than you. It must have been you that moved it down to down to seven. <laughs> Biggest win total bet uh, that you've put in. Um, it's sitting at seven now on DraftKings Sportsbook. I thought I was going crazy. I did. I was on. Um, I was on Sports Map Radio co-hosting uh, the Diehards uh, last night uh, on behalf of DraftKings. A little special guest appearance, and we had um, we had Ken Thompson on out in Vegas. Okay. Yep. Great guy, respectable guy. I'm sure you know him out there. Yep, yep. Um, and he was telling me how he had the Raiders over six and a half and over seven. And uh, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was missing something. I brought up the offensive line. I was like, the offensive line, the offensive line, the offensive line. So I'm set on it. I'm already in. I'm not changing my mind. I'm glad that you guys, you know, that's weird. That happened to me just last night. And I was like, <laughs> I missed something. It's yeah. come full circle now. <laughs> It has. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm glad I can go back to feeling normal and feeling good about this bet um, after hearing why the Raiders are going to be so good last night. Uh, by, by the way, um, what we need to have happen is uh, the Broncos to make a big move for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. To say, it, yeah, okay, yeah people go. forget about that too. I know. Small angle, small angle that could potentially, I don't think it's going to happen at this point, but I think if the Packers were smart, they would actually be open to, you know, some some deals and yeah, let's, I'll pick up the phone. I'll listen to what you have to offer. Cause yeah. if the Broncos would offer, I don't even know what the package would be. Judy, another player of draft picks. I think the Packers are out of their minds to not at least have that conversation. You know, I hear you. That's, that's definitely something that you don't want to fat. You don't want to bet it because of that, but that's something right. you know in the back of your mind that say, Hey, this bet could get, uh, could get easier yeah. if that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, we went through essentially everything here. Um, trying to think i think well we got it all in right steve we're good yep no complaints uh, no complaints right. um for steve buchanan for julian edlow for the unreasonable odds podcast thank you uh mitch moss the host of follow the money uh with our friends Vison out there in vegas uh thank you for coming on with us man uh you guys are awesome thanks so much for having me that was a lot of fun thanks man yep. anytime
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.